Hey, queens and kings. We made it. You guys, this is the final episode of season one. These three things. That round of applause was for you, the listener. I want to start this episode by saying thank you. Sincerely, thank you. For all of you who tuned in and listened, I pray that the intention with which these three things was created met you. I pray that the intention met you wherever you are and that it helped you in some area of your life. Uh, And if it's done that, then the work that I was commissioned to do has been done. And that means a lot to me. So thank you for listening. I want to just start off with a big thank you to all of you guys. I am back in this episode with the queen group, Atlanta. And I want to make a clarification because her first appearance was with the queen group, Atlanta. But Dr. Patricia is not a part of the queen group. Dr. Patricia is the therapist for these three things. So uh, she will not be in this uh, episode today which is why I'm clarifying because some people will be like, well, where's Dr. Patricia? And trust me, we love us some Dr. Patricia, but she's not in this particular episode because Dr. Patricia's married, y'all, quite frankly. And she probably could have told us some information, but she also had an engagement to go to with her son. Um, So she did not join us for this episode, but we know we love us and Dr. P. And um, I also want to say that this conversation is about dating over 40. This is an adult conversation and we are talking about adult things. So I would not advise listening to this episode with any children around because some content will come up that you would probably not prefer that your children hear. I just want to give you the heads up on that before we get started, just out of respect for uh, your family. Uh, This is an adult podcast, and we do talk about adult things. Uh, For the most part this season, it's been pretty family-friendly, but um, this episode is not that. So I just wanted to give you the heads up. Back with the Queen Group in Atlanta, LaQuinta, Dr. Leslie, and Malika. These three things. Enjoy. Hey, queens and you kings, this is Sharana Reeves, and you are listening to these three things. I am back with my queen group again today in Atlanta, Georgia. And our subject today, we're going to talk about black women and our relationships and dating 40 and up. I want to introduce to you the members of the queen group. We'll start with Miss LaQuinta Jacobs. LaQuinta, welcome back to these three things. Thank you for having me. We got Dr. Leslie with us again. Welcome back to these three things, Dr. Leslie. Hi, thanks for having me. And last, but definitely not least, (laughs) the one and only Malika Hakeem. Welcome back to these three things, Malika. Okay, you guys, this is going to be a live one because our subject matter is deep. 
And I am doing this subject because I received tons of emails from women asking questions about black women 40 and up and dating. What's out there? Is there a way to do it better? Dating sites, settling, brothers coming out of incarceration. Where are we? Where do we find them? And what are we willing to do dating outside of our race? So today, the Queen Group, we're going to talk about it all. So let's get started. The blanket question, and I'm just going to put it out there, and whoever wants to speak up first can go for it. What do we want? And all of us are 40 and over in this Queen Group. So what is it that we want in this season of our lives out of a mate? I'll start. Okay. It's Malika. I want a teammate. I want a partner. I want... Um, I'm not, I don't want to use the word equal, but I'm definitely in the market for a partnership, if that makes any sense. And in partnership, define, explain, please. I want someone that I can continue to build with, someone that's driven, someone that drives me and I drive them, someone that I can be completely, completely vulnerable with, uh, someone that I can laugh with and let my guards down and just be silly with, but at the same time have perspective. And, and we get to this business and we get to the money. So mm -hmm. for me, I am looking for a partner, a partnership. Okay. I would say the same. This is LaQuinta. I am looking very much um, and willing to accept into my life a partner. Um, I can't say that I was always willing to accept a partner but I'm at the stage now where I'm willing to accept and I'm open to, not willing, I'm open to accepting a partner in my life. You know, the journey of, you know, kind of working your, your job and living your life is not fully um, enhanced until you have that right partner in your life. Define what you mean when you say partner. Very much um, like Malika mentioned, that companion, mm -hmm. my friend, someone that I can laugh with, someone that I can get go to go to for counsel, someone who can come to me for counsel, mm -hmm. someone who I can let my guard down with and be vulnerable with and be feminine and be a complete girl with and mm -hmm. allow him to take the lead. So I'm a, I'm a little bit more traditional. I think there may be some women listening to the podcast, but I'm willing to step back and let you take the lead mm -hmm. and be there to support you. Yeah. What am I looking for? Well, this is Dr. Leslie. This is a loaded question. <laughs> 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 well, okay. So I agree. I agree with Malika. I agree with LaQuinta. Uh, LaQuinta, excuse me. Um, I'm definitely looking for a partner. I want companionship. I want a life partner, not just a partner. I want someone to grow old with. I want someone that I can sit on the porch in the rocking chair and I'm 80 plus and we're just, you know, enjoying the life that we've li we've led together. Um, I am looking for someone who has financial stability, but financial stability to me does not necessarily mean that you have to make as much as me or more than me, but that you can handle what you have without creating more for me. Don't create more work. Don't make the, our lives harder because you're irresponsible. Um, I also want someone that I can be my authentic self with. You know, being vulnerable, being and seeing truly who Leslie is, whether it's with my bonnet on when I go to bed at night or when I'm sick that, you know, if I had some type of health issue that you would be there with me and not say I didn't sign up for this. You know, um, yeah. that's what I'm looking for. And I want someone that also is just still willing to grow no matter where they are in their life. Okay, so those are all very good deep things, and I don't think that I can add anything to that if, we're, if I was to give my take. All of what you guys said would encompass what I would like as well. The question to that is, is that that all sounds good, but all of us in this room, and this is not to brag, I know you guys can't see us uh, you know, on the podcast, but you can go and see us on the website, uh, and you will see these are all very beautiful and attractive women. So you guys don't have a shortage of men approaching you. So with that being said, for all of those things that you're looking for, what if he comes to the table with all of that, but he's not educated? 
Uh, he is overweight and doesn't take care of himself. He has not evolved. He's still scarred from his divorce and he's damaged, but he's, he has potential to be all of these other things. What about if he's younger than you, but he's just mature. And let's just say he passed, passes the threshold of what's comfortable for you as far as youngness. 21. We're not even going to talk about a 21-year-old. <laughs> My son is 21. I'm absolutely joking. not. I yeah. am absolutely joking. <laughs> I know. Just a little brevity. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then what? So do we really mean all of those things? Because let's just say he came with all of the things that you guys just said, but he doesn't take care of them. He has, he has a few health issues. Like he is, he's on blood pressure medicine. He's got bad cholesterol. He's cause, and the reasons why I'm bringing up these things is because we're over 40. So as we age, these are factors that come into play in the people that we would be dating unless we're dating younger men do those things matter? Does that change the game? So I don't know that I'm discounting somebody because they have high blood pressure. Right. Those types of things. But mm-hmm. are you proactively caring for yourself? You know, are you a good steward of what God has given you? Meaning your finances, your health, your mind, your body, all of those things is what's important to me, you know, kind of at this age. I have to say, Sharana, I have been branded the person that has dated people who uh, most people would typically not date. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> uh, let's just say that attractiveness has never been a, a huge factor for me. Okay. I, I see, uh, you know, handsome is relative to me. I'll just say that. Um, but in a recent experience, you know, and it's hard for me to love. I fell in love with a guy who was not educated, as educated as me. He mm-hmm. didn't have a college degree. Mm-hmm. I found out actually uh, that he had a criminal background. We're going to talk about that too. And, um, but that was his past. And this guy broke my heart. Like it didn't matter how much money he had because I saw it. I know we talk a lot of times about potential, but he was making active moves and progressive steps to um, own his own business. And I was intimately involved in that. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated that. He had every other attribute that I could want, but I think for him, he felt like that maybe he didn't cut the muster as it related to me. Okay. And so I meaning he, he didn't feel like he was on your level. I felt like he didn't, he thought that he, he wouldn't have measured up. And um, I've, I've dated some, some pretty powerful people. So that for me would have been different, but I was open. I was, I was really open. Uh, fast forward now, today, there is a, a person that I'm getting to know who's obese. He's severely overweight, but he's uber accomplished. That is a challenge for me. Um, I don't know if that's something I can deal with. And so, and it's not necessarily from a physical perspective, but I want to be with somebody I know that's going to be around. And so if he's not being proactive about being healthy Mm -hmm. or taking care of himself, that's going to be a challenge for me. Uh, In addition to the fact that I am, I try to eat healthy and I'm a physical enthusiast. um, That's a problem for me. Yeah. That's the reason why I brought that question up, because when you're single at this this age and we have an opportunity to choose, if we're talking about growing old with somebody, Dr. Leslie, mm-hmm. are we growing old with a quality of life or are we growing old in and out of the hospital? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Definitely. You, will, of course, want to shoot for quality, quality of, of life. life. Absolutely. Like, I, I, I mean, I, I think for many women, we tend to disregard physicality sometimes with how the man looks if we're if they're engaged have an engaging personality they make us laugh you know we tend to find that attractive and that attraction grows but at the same time I think we're 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 visual people as well you know we kind of look at men and men always say oh they're visual and they you know they always want this dime on dime piece on their side you know they want the the um, trophy wife or the, you know, the woman that's just drop dead gorgeous and body is like a 20 year old. But when men don't hold themselves to that same standard all the time and they expect us to accept that, I'm like, I want to look at you with your clothes off and want to jump on top of you. I agree. I agree with that. 
I mean, I think most women want that. But, you know, if if they have other attributes, you can kind of let that go and, you know, roll with it. Do we feel like in 2020 with the dating scene out here as it stands right now, do you women in this room feel confident about finding that? Probably if you asked me that question a year, maybe two years ago, I would say absolutely not because I was limiting myself to black men. Like I prefer black men. I like all things black. (laughs) Today, maybe not so much. I'm open to dating other races. I have Mm -hmm. dated men of other races. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you create an opportunity to, to be exposed to different things, then perhaps you could get more of what you want. More opportunities. More opportunities. So let's talk about, and we're going to get to interracial dating as well. It is on the list of, of topics to talk about because I think there's a few of us in here who have done it. Uh, and I want to give some conversation to the sisters out there who have not, who are considering it now, considering the climate. Let's talk about the climate currently. Do we feel good about our selections, our options in brothers, black men, our kings right now? Or do we feel like it's just not a lot to choose from? I feel like dropping a beat, like, where they at, though? Where they at, though? (laughs) (laughs) Real talk. (laughs) Real talk. Real talk. No, seriously. I, I think they're out there. For me, I think it's the the way in which I interact or, or discover them. I personally have tried uh, online dating and I abhor it. I hate it. I, it is not for me. I don't like it. I am like the traditional way of meeting someone at work in the library. Not that I'm going to the library, but um, grocery store out and about, not necessarily blind date, but I just don't like the 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 dating online. So, like Q, I am probably more of a traditionalist, less kind of forward or, you know, modern woman. Mm-hmm. I prefer to be with someone where I could be a little bit more reserved or submissive mm-hmm. in the the relationship dynamic. And I'm, my caveat to that is it has to be someone that I trust to lead. Absolutely. I will say when I look at men like my father Mm -hmm. uh, or men, maybe that our mothers dated Mm -hmm. or married, they don't make them like they used to. They do Uh, not. Men that were accountable for home, they own their responsibilities. They did what they needed to do. They own their decisions. Um, For me, that's been pretty hard to find. Mm -hmm. And so I have to say the pickings for me are not great. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you guys on that. I don't feel that any of the men who have approached me in the last maybe year and a half to two years would be anyone that I would even consider. And that I feel bad to say that because it's not like I have a laundry list of things that you have to meet in order for me to be interested in you but there are some areas that I just as we said cannot settle I've met I will say in the last since I've been divorced I've been divorced four years now and since I've been divorced I've met three men that I would say were serious contenders Mm -hmm. but they were also emotionally unavailable Mm. and I allowed them in my space for all of the other attributes. But the one thing that I needed the most, which was the attention, the love, Mm -hmm. and their emotional connection, they weren't able to give to me. Were you able to identify the reasons why they were emotionally unavailable? Did you guys have conversation where you could say, oh, okay, so this is why you're struggling? Oh, the signs were there at the beginning, Mm -hmm. but I thought I could, you know, prove to them that I was a good girl and it would open. I had the key that would unlock that lock. And what I realized in my own personal journey is someone has to come to you prepared and mm-hmm. ready and you can't change someone's perspective, right? So when a man tells you, you know, that they, they are either not ready or they have these particular issues or this particular barrier, you have to believe them. 
but I have met, you know, some really amazing men, mm-hmm. um, in my, in my, on my journeys, three specifically that have been, you know, amazing travel partners, mm-hmm. amazing friends. And I have three amazing friendships from those, but they are still emotionally not available. And it started to make me question myself. Like, was I doing something wrong? Is there yeah. something wrong with me? Am I not pretty enough? Am I not cute enough? I think I'm kind of fly. You right. Know? Like, right. You are fly. I'm bringing the table to the <laughs> table. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. is there something I'm missing? Yeah. But, and, and what I had to realize was I was selecting, you know, a healer mm. typically selects people who need healing. Yeah. Um, and I was selecting people. And once they got healed, So let's stay in that vein for just a second because you were, you continue to stay with them for all the other attributes that they brought to the table other than just emotionally, they couldn't be for you what you Mm -hmm. needed. How long do we give that a chance before we decide? Because let's just say it wasn't emotional. Let's just say it was financial and he'd had a business. He was an entrepreneur and ran a business and his business kind of went under and he's just now getting back on his feet. And financially, he's not anywhere close to where he used to be. But like you said, you bring in the food to the table. So you got it. And how much time do we give for a brother to show us that, hey, you're worth my time? Like, this is something that I should continue to pursue. Well, I, go ahead. I have to say from a, a experience, there's a person that I've been dealing with off and on for the last nine years. <laughs> Whoa. Nine. <laughs> and uh, I love this person. This individual I know without a shadow of a doubt loves me. But he was rebuilding when we met. Nine years later, he's still trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, and it's not like there's been a progression from A to B to C. He's still pretty much at A. Yeah. And so for me, while... Dr. Leslie indicated, you know, financial stability was something that was important for her. I can't say that's as much as an emphasis for me, but if you have to have some type of growth, you, you have to make an investment in yourself and nine years is nine years too long for me. And personally, I think probably I should have cut that off in two years. Yeah. Anybody else want to lend some thought to that? How long? Because let's be honest, we all have done it. We all have done it. Every woman that's listening to this podcast, you've done it too. You've been with the guy, and you see the signs, but you also see the good signs as well. You see the things that you like about him, and you believe, just as LaQuinta just said, I got the golden key. I got the key. I'm going to be able to unlock this thing in you and make it be better because of what I bring to the table just to find out that he has to figure that out for himself before he can be what you need him to be. At what point? Is there, is there a time or is it just when a woman's fed up, as R. Kelly says? I, I think for me, since I've been divorced, um, so this year will be six years, I believe it's six years. Um, so there's a couple of things that I've had to really, uh, you know, evaluate in myself. And that is, one, if I know my worth, I need to value that worth. Mm-hmm. And I haven't always done that. And it is, I love hard being a Scorpio, like I'm loyal to the nth degree. Yes, my daddy's like a Scorpio. When I say financial stability, it's because I have <laughs> dated people who are not financially stable, and the amount of angst that that caused me was mm. so painful, yeah, and aggravating that I was like, "Why would I do this to myself again?" And I did it after I was divorced. That didn't go go well. Um, the other thing too is listen to like those red flags when they are blaring at glaring and screaming at you pay attention because I feel that's God's way of warning you like get out and and I have uh, I have not listened to that and I think a lot of women don't listen to that because we love so hard we want it to work and we especially black women yeah and I'll look at it and go okay maybe maybe I'm not being fair. You know, maybe if I just hang in there a little bit longer, you know, I've dated financially unstable. I've dated outside my race. I've dated younger. I've dated emotionally unavailable. And I'm still single. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oprah calls it rock pebble boulder 
or yep. pebble rock boulder. Pebble yep. Rock boulder. Yeah, because it starts, you, you see those little things. It's a little pebble. You don't think too much about the pebble. Then that rock comes. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, if, you, if we're not you know paying attention to it, it's a boulder. And now it's something we yep. all got to deal with. I've had the boulder twice. It was painful. But you know what I love about you, though, Dr. Leslie, is I love the fact that in spite of that, you are still open to love. Because oh. a lot of women will shut down. A few disappointments, and we are shut down to love. I have been guilty of that after my divorce. And I don't even know how long I've been divorced. Let me see. <laughs> eight years. Yeah. <laughs> I had to calculate it. Eight years I've been divorced. And for at least, honestly, five of those eight, I was no good for anybody. And I love the fact that in spite of that, you can still access that. Now, I'm at a place in my life now that I can access it. And maybe that's just the process that comes along with getting a divorce. And just staying open and continuing to choose to love despite what you just said, you know, doing it twice. Yeah, I'm a I'm a risk taker when it comes to relationships. Uh, and because of that, I can get myself into situations that, I, I shouldn't be in because I'm like, oh, you should have let that go a long time ago. Yeah. And then I talk to my girlfriends like you and other people, and they're like, what were you thinking? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I was just. Why was you with him for so long? You know, <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I was trying. It's I was easy trying for us to, to ask that question. Our, our, our brothers, but, you know, it it, it, it can it can be a, a daunting task. It can be a very, you know, difficult process. But I'm a hopeless romantic, too. I believe in love, but at the end of the day, I do realize that one, I need, my partner needs to be a best friend, that person, like Mm -hmm. I said, that I can be authentic and my true self with, and that really supports me, and I just haven't found it. It's out there. I just haven't found it. Sharana, I was going to say, too, dating is, and I've learned this over the last I think period of time that I've encountered the people I've encountered dating is just that you're dating. Mm -hmm. And what I have had to stop doing was placing my expectations on that person. Mm -hmm. So when I meet him, you know, you automatically associate him with being your husband. Oh God, are we out here doing that in our forties? Because I desire that, (laughs) you know, but you understand what I mean? Like you you automatically associate him with maybe not even as far as he could be right. Yeah. Or this is going to be my next boyfriend instead of dating to get to know someone. Yeah. And that's what dating is. And I've learned that very difficult lesson that dating is exploring options and it doesn't necessarily, (laughs) the the emotionally unavailable men have taught me this mean that I attach my emotion to me dating you. But you know what, Q, for me, I, I've, it's been the opposite because I'm maybe I'm the emotionally unavailable one. But it, I've always been accused of being the person that have taken the approach to, to be too loose. Like mm-hmm. I've always liked for things to evolve organically, not to have labels, not to have expectations too early. And if they happen, they happen. If not, then, hey, I end up with a great friend. But uh, to me, I think that's probably worked not to my advantage because my the feedback that I've gotten on the other side is typically, oh, well, I never really thought you were that interested or um, I just didn't take you seriously. So I, I think there's a middle ground that can be found mm-hmm. there. Interesting. That's, that's, a, that's a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I think for uh, me it depends on the person I was, w- I was dating. Like there are some people I was like, ooh, yeah. This, this could be a good thing. And then there's others. I was like, oh, I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. So, Malika, back to what you just said. Have you, do you feel like th- that you've made an adjustment in that area to be more vocal about your feelings with that having been given that feedback? It, n- not until recently. And I think COVID uh, and counseling, definitely counseling first. I'm and a then fan COVID. of counseling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely helped me realize some things that I didn't realize. I think, I, and I think I've probably been the, the longest divorced among the group. I've been divorced 17 years Okay. this year. Um, and I realized that I was not open um, to really allowing anyone to access me at a, at a level that I probably should have. So perhaps my behavior was more of a defense mechanism. Yeah. Um, but now I feel like that I'm capable of being vulnerable yes for the right person yes um and being more open and so i've made the adjustments after receiving the feedback and uh counseling to be a bit more intentional and a lot less 
loose. You are listening to the Queen Group on These Three Things Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, queens and kings. Today is Listener Appreciation Day. This is my way of saying thank you for listening to These Three Things Season 1. For the next 24 hours, These Three Things t-shirts are on sale. So run over to the website, these3-things.com, and purchase your t-shirt today. And Kings, I got a couple of options over there for you guys as well. Thank you for So let's go down the counseling road for just a second. Do we feel for the emotionally unavailable brothers? Because right now we're just talking about the brothers. White guys, we're going to get to y'all in just a second. We coming for you. Asian, Latino, Hispanic, we coming for y'all. Um, do you feel that more black men today are getting therapy? Or do has it been y'all's experience out here that know and they need it but won't go? Yeah, therapy, and I mean, real talk, therapy in the black community is frowned upon, right? Right. Um, I think I, we're getting a little better, though, don't you? We're getting better, but I don't know that I have in my circle a lot of male friends that have said they're going to therapy. They're just out here running through chicks, <laughs> you know what I mean, and doing them and, you know, not really healing. Yeah. And taking women for, you know, taking women on the ride as they are trying their best to figure out and trying to heal. And I think, you know, when you think about the traditional aspect of a male female relationship, a man can't lead what he's unsure of where he wants to go. Absolutely. Would you guys recommend therapy to a man? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do it all the time. I have. You do I, I actually have. I think of all the male friends I have, I'd say I can think of two. One, one I've, one I've dated, one I have not. The one I have not dated goes to therapy all the time and just very progressive in thought, Mm -hmm. right? And understands the importance of therapy and how your mental health is going to see a therapist is just like going to see your family physician for a checkup. And then the other person is actually approached me about a when, when I told them I was going to therapy and, you know, asked for my therapist's name. But at the same time, I always kind of drop little nuggets like, you know, this issue m- you may be having. If you talk to someone, I really think it would help you. And th- they seem to be open with it. They just haven't completely pulled the trigger. But I have been in that situation, too, even when I was married to suggest therapy. It's like, you know, I don't need to talk to anyone about my problems. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I think in some spaces a little bit more accepted, but I haven't seen a lot of it happening. You know, I haven't even seen it with my non-black friends, male friends. You know, I I don't see my white male friends, my Hispanic male friends, and my Asian male friends going to seek counseling outside of a relationship that they're trying to save. You know what I mean? And they're going because their wife or their girlfriend or their partner wants to go. I I just I don't know that it's widely supported you know by men I just don't know that that's something that they seek I think men who are not heterosexual to tend to seek out therapy I do yeah I agree yeah I I would agree with that I agree with that yeah I agree and mostly because of the trauma that they experience especially in the black community Mm -hmm. that they grow up with which is a whole nother subject but okay so is the end game at this season and age of our lives is the end game still marriage for me personally, that is the end game for me. I'm, I'm not ready to settle for a life partnership. For me, it's, mm-hmm. n- it's not. Um, the end game is marriage. I for what I believe God has called me to do. It is marriage. I would like to get married again, but I'm not in the space anymore that that's a deal breaker that has to happen. You know, I, I So you could Stedman and Oprah. I think I, I think I could. Now that can completely change. As I said, I'm a hopeless romantic. Right. So I could get into the thrust of a relationship and be like, oh my gosh, this has to be the, the, the next step. I think if I was with someone that I truly felt 
I was so compatible with and we could really make that work because my thought process is this. When I get married again, that's it. We ain't, we're not parting. We're, we're in it to the end. We are going to work through Will everything. Yes, we're we Will are going. You, you're going to have to fight to leave me. It's a bad marriage for life. <laughs> bad, bad marriage for life. I'm telling you. Because like I was talking to someone about this the other day. You know, when you're younger and you get married, you really don't know what you want. I know what I want now. That's why I don't take, I'm not taking this lightly. I could easily be married right now, but I'd probably be divorced. Yeah. Or you'd be unhappy. Which means I'd be divorced. There's no way. Without without having children or... mm -mm. So if the end game is marriage and we're all in our 40s, um, how long are we dating with the end game in mind? Because did you answer that question about... Okay, I want to hear your... (laughs) Malika, I want to hear your version. I want to hear what your thoughts are on that before I ask this question. Okay, so I I agree with Leslie. Actually, I look to or lean to Stedman and Oprah as my example. I, I still hyperventilate when I think about marriage. I get claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. So perhaps that's some trauma that I'm still dealing with. But right now, I have to say marriage is not the end game for me. I'm looking for a committed relationship, um, something that's emotionally healthy and mutually beneficial um, that works for me. So marriage, no, not the end game. However, I have found myself in the rare instance where I'm connected to someone where I, I feel like I, I really like them. I can see it. I can see marriage. So yeah. I, I think it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. For me, I would like to get married again, but I'm okay if I don't. I could, I could really take it or leave it, and I'm only going to take it if I absolutely know that A, I want to grow old with you. That is big for me. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times we don't factor in that one of us may have to end up taking care of each other one day. And is this person the caring enough type of person to be able to be for me? Let's say I'm the one who gets sick. Is that person a caring enough person to care for me if I'm the first one whose health goes bad? And do I love this man enough and care about him enough to care for him in whatever way that that includes if his health is to go bad. But oh, I agree. It's going. I agree. No. I hope that it doesn't either. But if <laughs> if we ask the, the elders in front of us, the sex at some point. It absolutely is. I it's going to go. That, yeah. I don't think any of us want it to. Now, we don't. It don't stop for us. But it stops for them at some point. If we're just being honest. Men become yeah. more challenged. But yes, I I use that as a qualifier to a certain extent, too. Like when I'm dating someone that I feel like has potential to be my life partner. Am I okay if if the performance is not there anymore? Can I still be with you? And if I can say yes, then I'm like, okay, then this is someone I probably could be with. Well, I I have to say for me, while the the performance issue for Leslie is a qualifier, something that I've, I've often asked couples that are considering being married, and even I ask myself, is if an individual became severely ill, incapacitated to a point to where they could not take care of themselves, is this something, could you care for this person without feeling resentment, um, angry, or feeling like it was a chore? Like, could you do it with love? And if your response to that question is no, then maybe that's something or someone you need to reconsider, you need to think about. I am one of those single women who don't have children, and I realize my limitations as it relates to caretaking. However, when my father became severely ill three, four years ago, and even at the birth of my nephews and nieces, I'm a person who's always been squeamish at changing diapers. It's something that's very natural and innate that arises in me as a woman I'm going to say as a woman that can allow me to overcome that that challenge or that issue or that feeling of not being able to do it's not pleasant for me um, but I am able to rise to the occasion and and do those things perform those acts with love yeah my mother's rising to it but she kicking and screaming the whole way Uh, that's me you know that is me my parents my dad is 90 my mom is 85 my mother is she's full-blown dementia has full-blown dementia and my father the way that he cares for her 
is just biblical. Yeah, you're mm. like, I want that. My God, it yeah. is a level of sacrifice mm-hmm. that he's given. But I've also seen when my dad was ill, the level of sacrifice that my mom gave yeah. to my dad. Yeah, You know, my mother can't care for herself. Mm-hmm. And as a, as his daughter, you know, we had to step in and realize what we needed to be able to provide her, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought about quitting my job, giving it all up, you know, living with my parents and taking care of my parents full time. But I also, like Malika said, realized my limitations. Like, well, I haven't had right. any biological children. I have two stepdaughters mm-hmm. um, from a previous marriage and I knew what I could do for my mom. And so I have the most amazing caretakers, you know, that are able to care for my parents in absence of what I can do and in absence of what my father can do. Right. 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 Let's add this to the equation. We've been dating for a while. We've all said that marriage would be something that we would all consider if it was with the right person under the questions that we all ask ourselves for a lifetime because I think at this age none of us are getting married if we're going to get married to get a divorce but let's say we're in the dating stages and he lives in another state how long are we doing that I don't know the answer to that so because yeah I'm, and the reason not to cut you off the reason why I'm asking it is for the listeners who you've been dating him and he lives in another state for the last eight years what are we doing I think it's what you set up as what you've established from the beginning. You know, Malika said, you know, marriage may not be the end goal for her. Leslie said it is for me. It absolutely is mm-hmm. the end goal for me. Um, and the thing that makes me so sad when I talk to my female friends over 40 is that our answer changes because we just want that relationship and we aren't true to what we want. You know, we aren't mm. true to ourselves about really what it is that we want. Yeah. And, you know, what? for every woman listening to this podcast, be true to yourself for what you want. Move the stuff out of the way that doesn't answer that. And, and allow after eight years, to be girl, open. if he ain't moved close to you and ain't asked you to move, move close to him, him, baby, move on. Right. But yeah. that works for some people. Yeah. But if, it's if you if establish it's, life if partnership, exactly. then that's what it will But work. if marriage is the end goal for you after eight years, how, how long do you stay hoping to get a ring? There are a ton of married couples who commute. Yeah, because they're married. That, yeah. <laughs> they already but married. See, that's the thing. I don't have issues with long distance relationships. I, I actually too. like them because for me, it's like a getaway. Yeah. I get to like get out of town and go visit and like... I, when I was married, our we lived apart majority of our marriage, and it was good for us. Actually, it worked. Some people can't handle that, you know. Some people want someone under them constantly all the time. I can do either. Like I don't have a problem. I can be very independent in a marriage, and I can be close in a marriage. It's I, I adapt to my circumstances many times. I will do what I have to do to make make the relationship work. That's tell just you how this I brother that lives out of town called me and said he wanted to make it work you'd make it we, work we gonna make it work <laughs> exactly there's one there is one that if he called we gonna make it work i mean we all know there's a shortage of men out here there's a shortage of black men of black mm, men yeah okay. yeah we're still on the brothers <laughs> okay i know malika your point on that which we're going to talk about but Just clarify yeah there's a shortage of brothers out here so Knowing that and knowing that there's women in the state that this brother lives in that's supposed to be your man, you're, you feel good about years of dating in different states? But there are men here, so he's got to trust. Women cheat just as much as men do. My ex-husband's <laughs> profession, I mean, he was never home. Uh, and I think that just kind of conditioned me to have a certain type of relationship mm-hmm. long distance we met it was long distance I've dated people long distance has it's not been a problem for me it's actually more of a challenge for me to date somebody I gotta see every day that grates my nerves so if he's not traveling yeah I can absolutely do long distance yeah, yeah. okay so with that being said let's just say now this brother is ready to make a move but his career is going great for him. Your career is going great for you. Sisters, are we making a move? Are we moving? Are we giving up our careers to move with a man, to move to a man's city, our man's city? 
Well, given that I work from home, I can live anywhere. <laughs> so then you can't answer this question. <laughs> I just don't want to move to where, where it's cold. I'm not moving to Alaska, if that's what you're asking. But, you know, I think that's common. We could find a common ground. We could make it work. I could say, you know what, I'll move there for a couple of years, and then we need to go back to a warmer climate. Okay, so then that's a yes for you. You would make the move if, if love, love called for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I truly believe that if you find your person, yeah. you're going to do a lot more than you I expect. Agree, That's right. why I always say when when younger people or people have never been married and they, you know, they always qualify everything with deal breakers. Now, granted, you don't want anybody putting their hands on you or abusing you. But I said it is so it's different how and maybe this is just women or it could be me. Um, how your mindset changes when you feel like you have the person that you really are supposed to be with. Mm -hmm. You are willing to uh, compromise and adjust. Sometimes men aren't that willing. And I think that is what, to LaQuinta's point of, for some women, marriage is the end result. And as we get older, we we adjust. Because originally I went in thinking, oh, I'm I'm getting married. I'm going to get married. And then the more I'm by myself, and I'm paying these bills by myself and I'm building this house by myself and I'm taking care of all this stuff by myself. And I think about having to talk to someone about my money. <laughs> eh, I don't know. OK. And the reason why I'm asking you all that question about relocating is because you guys are not in an entry level season of your life. Y'all have established careers. Right. I'm asking that question because. At this stage, are you going to give up your career, the profession that you've worked hard for, to move away for love? That's a loaded question. And for me, my life journey would be incomplete if I did not have the companion that God had for me. And so I think life goes through cycles and you have to ebb and flow through your cycles. I don't know the true answer to that but i would say that my 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 lane is in the place of you know supporting whoever we're supporting whether he's supporting me or i'm supporting him and my lean would be into finding the right opportunity in the city in which we live in that would you know provide me the same fulfillment i have today mm-hmm. am i willing to travel you know for my job you know where i may have to leave on a Sunday Weekends. night and come back on a Thursday or right. whatever. Yeah, if that works for us, I would be willing to do that. But I think men in our age bracket and women in our age bracket, we, we, we realize that those are sacrifices that we may have to make. Yeah. My network is a significant portion of my job. Mm-hmm. And so my network in the Atlanta area is pretty strong. It would present a significant challenge for me to, to uproot and move somewhere else, uh, it would be a major lifestyle change and shift because I would essentially need to change my scope of work. Yeah. So uh, I, I can't say that's something unless he were financially stable and, you know, we could possibly maintain a level of lifestyle that that would be conducive or beneficial for both of us, that we would be both happy with then. That would be more of a challenge for me. But I also said that I'm okay with commuting and long distance. So maybe, <laughs> hopefully, if he didn't demand it, and I'm going to say demand, ladies, I know you're going to cringe. <laughs> but if he didn't demand it, I would prefer to kind of maintain long distance. Ladies, I have a question. Uh, and I want these to just be yes or no answers, and then we'll elaborate. So you just have to say yes or no. Okay? Are we in? Are we doing polls? Everyone gets to answer. Everyone gets to answer. Okay. Everyone everyone has to answer. Oh, no, I'm scared. <laughs> okay. First question. When we're talking about the condition of a brother, mentally and physically, does physical appearance matter? No. No. <laughs> Maybe. We got two no's and a maybe, and I'm going to say yes, it matters for me. Maybe, yeah. It matters for me. But I will say this. I'm the type of person that it's hard to be ugly to me. I find beauty in everybody, and I genuinely mean that. So what a lot of people may not find attractive, I would probably find attractive just because I see most people as beautiful anyway, and that is not a lie. You ask anybody who knows me, I've always said that. Next, 
Does money matter? No. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it matters for me. But can we elaborate? I yeah, know y'all I wanna, want to. I want to go ahead. Go ahead. I want to qualify. The way you manage your money matters. Each job, you know, because of my profession, your job has a certain salary, right? Yes. And if you are dedicated and committed to your profession, you may not be in a career that pays $200,000 a year. You may be in a career like that pays $80,000 a year, but how are you managing that $80,000? Right. So what are you doing with what you have? Absolutely. Dr. Leslie? Oh, I, I completely agree. I, I, I think I said earlier, it you don't have to make the same amount as me, but how do you handle what you have? Because you can make $200,000 a year, but if you created a million dollars in debt, right? Uh, that's no different than someone who makes 20000 a year, really. I mean, you know, if you're not smart with your money, your credit score is 300. Yeah. <laughs> We can't, we can't function. Jesus. Is it, I, I'm is the it type possible? Of, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yes, really? Exactly. Yes, is that yes, a yes. number for real? Yes, it is possible. Uh, so I'll say this. I've always been the type of person that if I wanted something, I went and I got it because my credit was good. Yes. You know? Yes. I agree. I agree. And as another person who agrees that money matters, that's just because I've worked really hard. And as a single, you know, after my divorce, I raised two kids, uh, pretty much kind of on my own. Um, and I just want someone who is who is willing to do their part. You don't have to make thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of dollars more than me, and you don't have to even make what I make, but you have to be well enough established. I can't find myself taking care of you in order to have a man. I don't want to take all of my hard work and merge with someone whose hustle doesn't match my hustle. If that makes sense. Uh, next question. Wait a minute. Can I? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, Malika, I'm <laughs> so glad you said you were. And I thank you because I had in my mind I wanted to ask you as the nay why. Thank you. I'm sorry. So like you, I am not in the business of taking care of a man. However, uh, I'm pretty comfortable with my lifestyle. I'm good with it. And my it's been my philosophy. I got me. You yeah. got you. We come together. It's all good. Um my experience has been where, you know, I've been exposed to, I'm going to say wealth at a level that most people have not experienced. Yes. And so I have seen um, firsthand a lot of the issues and responsibility that comes with that. Yes. So money, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter for me. It's not as much as an emphasis for me. Yes. As long as you are driven and I know we can go out and make something together, that's that's the most important yeah. thing for me. Yeah. Next question. Does size matter? Mm, Lord have mercy. Length, width, girth. Um, what are you exactly Size. Asking? Are you talking shoe size? We're talking penis size. Ooh, okay. No. I'm going to say it's, it's no for me. Does it matter? It's a no for me as well. If you can't feel it, <laughs> that matters. <laughs> I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Lastly, okay. we're giving yes and no's. <laughs> we're not qualifying right now. So yes, it matters then. Yes. Hilarious. <laughs> Is that a yes cue? <laughs> Leslie. Um, yes. Yes. What would you like to know? I, you know. Now, I do want to address what you just said. I like, hope my mother's not listening. I, I don't want it to be to the point that I cannot even acknowledge you. But you don't have to come in with a baby arm either. Listen. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't want anybody trying to smash my uterus. Can I share? Yes. <laughs> you said a baby arm. <laughs> so I know our viewers, I mean, your listeners can't see me, but literally I've been with someone and I'm holding up my pinky finger like this size. And while he did not have size, he was excellent at everything else. Sexually, he matched me. So, no, I have to say that you can. There are other things that can make up for size. Yeah, there are other people as well. <laughs> 
have chips meat on it. <laughs> Did everybody answer the question? Yes. Did everybody answer that question? <laughs> okay, LaQuinta, yeah. you were going to say something. I was going to say sexual chemistry is the most important, yes. right? Absolutely. So, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But and my, my children are pinky. I gotta be honest with you though, and I can look at every one of your faces. It is just something about you know that he has a nice he has nice work. He has nice it, work. But yeah. you know yeah. what? There's something about someone who knows how to work what they have. Yeah. That's, Absolutely. That's right. Definitely. Absolutely. That's yeah. the I mean, difference because yeah. you can come in with a baby arm and just be reckless. Yeah. Right. And as a baby. Not, right. <laughs> But you baby. know, I, I will, uh, but again, I, I, I think I'd said this earlier, you know, there's different, there's different realizations as you get 20 and 40 plus and you, all of us know here, sitting here, when you start dating men that are 40 plus 50 plus their erectile dysfunction is real. And so, you know, outside of the medical things that can be done, whether it's me- therapeutic or mechanical or, you know, different actions that can be taken. I mean, it's a reality. It is a reality we will all have to face at some point in time with our partner. To our young listeners out there, please understand this. Mm-hmm. It, will it will happen. Yeah. Uh, it happens with alcohol. It happens without alcohol. You know, it happens with anxiety, stress. Uh, but you know what is most important, you know, to our kings that are listening is honesty in that area. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, having an honest conversation with your mate about where your challenges are so that we can figure out together what our chemistry, what our sexual relationship will be like. Absolutely. And brothers, we do not want for you, our kings who are listening, we do not want for you to feel like if in the event you are dealing with some erectile dysfunction or anything in the bedroom wise, that that's a deal breaker. No. I think that if you're with the right woman, she's willing to work through whatever needs to be worked through for, you know, it to be a great experience across the board. So, and and as LaQuinta just said, the transparency and the conversation about how to make that uh, work, for work for both of us mm-hmm. absolutely is necessary. So please don't, you know, take that as we feel like that's a deal breaker or there's no, you know, woman who's interested in moving forward in any any way on a deep level with you as a result of that you know what I desire the most I desire at the end of my day having someone in my corner Mm. at the end of the day when I settle down at the end of the day when I get finished with every meeting when I get finished with every tough conversation every decision that I've had to make my ride home when that garage door goes up having somebody that is going to meet me there, that is my friend and the person that I can enjoy dinner with, that I can laugh with, that is my, that is mine, that is my man. I'm not sharing him. He doesn't yes. come with other obligations, but he is my friend and my mate. And I look forward to the day where my paths cross with the guy who is ready when he meets me. And you're okay if when you get in there, he can't have sex? <laughs> no, we're going to have to be compatible. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. wanted to ask that. See, <laughs> I think to her, to her point, like just talking about sex and sexual health and size and all of those things, yes. I think for me, it matters in that when we're done, I want you to have done everything you can to please me as I would do for you. And whatever that is. So whether if you have erectile dysfunction or not, but a baby arm, yeah, I, that yeah, it's a lot. that's yeah. I want to yeah, do everything I can I within reason. I don't want all that. I need you to yeah. We need to be sexually compatible, right? Because there's some there's some weird stuff floating right? around out here, right? That mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm. So I, I I for me, sexual compatibility is probably the most important thing above size i mean and i want to qualify this to say hey we're having an adult conversation an here. adult conversation we're all grown mm-hmm. uh i would say i'm a cross between carrie and samantha yeah uh and and i'm really grown. comfortable right. with that mm-hmm. so anyone with any judgments or opinions keep them to yourself right but that being said um i think sexual compatibility can enhance any experience mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. if it's a baby arm or if it's a pinky finger, if you're somewhere in between. For me, at this point in my life, what when I was 20, maybe not. 
But at this point in my life, what drives that experience, that connection? It's what happens outside the bedroom. Exactly. Like, how are you feeding me mentally? What is our conversation talking about? What are we talking about? Like, do you make me feel safe? You know, I've recently discovered that safety is an issue for me. Like, is this a brother I feel like that might knock somebody's head off if I need him to to be quite honest? So. Those are the types of things that kind of fuel that 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 interaction, that experience. So for me, it's more about the connection. Yeah, I want intimacy. A confident man is a beautiful thing. Hey, queens and kings. It was just too much conversation to finish in one episode. So for the last episode of the season, I'm going to give you two. So tune in to part two with the Queen Group Atlanta, and we're talking about dating over 40. And remember, rated M, mature audience only. See you in part two. If you like what you're hearing today, I encourage you to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a review and tell me what you loved about this episode.